It's Happy Times and Places. If you don't know what this is by now, well, this is a very odd place to have started listing. It's happy, it's times, it's places. It's a Doctor Who commentary with me, Toby Haydock, trying to be positive and guess what my special guest likes about a story. Midway sending now, Godborough receiving now. Yes, hello everybody. I, uh, Toby, hi. I am Jay Butlemore and... I'm a local government minion in my working life and um, a songwriter and I'm on YouTube and SoundCloud and stuff and I'm in a band called Dirge. But I'm here to talk about my seven favourite things uh, about the seeds of death. Well, welcome everybody. It's episode four of the seeds of death. Uh... The sound from the episode isn't going to cut in immediately because I've had to mute it because uh, where I am on episode selection on the DVD, it keeps playing the trailer for the episode. Oh, which promises the Doctor going to the moon base, uh, the the seeds themselves, which when that trailer was done, were weeks away. Uh, finally, we're getting some seed action in episode four, although the Doctor, as we'll discover, is not on the moon base, although that is not how it appears. All will be explained. Jay Butlermore will choose uh, one favourite thing at the end of this episode. Let's see if I can identify what that is. But I am going to press select slash play slash enter in three, two, one. And I've pressed it and now the sound's got to go up a bit. There we go. Um, so here we are. Yes. Well, this episode, when uh, it was available on VHS as part of this edited compilation, it had gone from the very good quality of, relatively, of episode three to a really sort of white... It was it was, it was, it was like somebody was shining a bright torch through the picture. A very washed-out-looking thing. Um, so, because, of course, this was from a time when I got this VHS... Uh, Younger viewers, listeners may be shocked to hear. It was one of one, two, three, four, five complete Patrick Troughton stories. We had no complete stories uh, from season four, as actually we still don't, uh, and no complete stories from season five. In fact, for season five, I think there were about there were four episodes, or there certainly were four episodes when I was first watching Doctor Who. So we never had this bit on the video. Because we'd still got the bit from last week. So that extra line, that thing it's alive, we didn't have from, from Brett. So that's uh, that's it. Brent is... is That's it for Rick Felgate. Uh, although he will return in The Ambassadors of Death, also directed by his brother-in-law. The mighty Michael Ferguson. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to accuse it of uh, nepotism. Because... Uh, Actually, Rick Felgate's very good actor, very solid and dependable, and uh, and uh, now, unfortunately, uh, uh, in as far as the seeds of death is concerned, uh, solid, dependable, and dead. Although he's moving a little bit there. Oh, he is moving a little bit. Uh, or is that? Yeah, no, he's br he's breathing a bit. He's he's a he's a breathing corpse. Uh, it's always a risk when you're uh, 
when you when when you've got a when you've got a camera on a, a dead body for quite a long time. Um, there's a there's a there's a Sherlock Holmes that Patrick Troughton's in. I I had the pleasure of doing uh, the DVD commentaries for the BFI Sherlock Holmes collection, and Patrick Troughton's in one of the episodes, and they decide to have a have the camera on him dead with his eyes open for quite a long scene, and uh, I don't think he quite he quite pulls it off for the whole thing, um, and it's a risk. You go well, do we do we do it for the shot and for the effect? but also run the risk that there might be a couple of moments where, you know, the actor blinks or moves or whatever. There's an Avengers that I watched where there's a, a, a dead body that, that really moves just before or just after an advert break, one of the early ones. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, this was a this was a, a, a very white, very bad quality episode, so it's nice to see it all polished up. Um, uh, and uh, obviously... The plot is now kicking in. They've got the seeds and the, uh, you know, the futuristic uh, uh, sort of symbol of the story, the, the, the travel mat, the tea mat, which is uh, somebody that travels a lot for my job. I, I would absolutely love to, to disappear in one place and be reconstituted in the next almost immediately. Um, doom, doom, doom. It's, it's sort of silent movie caper stuff. The 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 piano, uh, 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 that's the effect that 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 has. Um, nice to see the screwdrivers still exist in the future. Again, that's the sort of thing that people might mock these days. But oh, you know, they had they had computers in uh, they had screwdrivers in the sixties, and they still have them now. Even though we now have technology, they wouldn't have dreamed of in the sixties. So there's no reason why we won't still be using screwdrivers on the moon i suppose they'd have electric ones on the moon at uh, the moon project has a very tight budget uh, and they can't afford electric screwdrivers um uh so uh oh yes yeah, it's phipps and jamie poor old phipps spends a lot of time uh in the vent it must have been hard on his knees although these are very big ventilation tunnels aren't they yeah let's uh build ventilation tunnels that are big enough to take to take a man standing up uh but then not have a hatch that a man can actually get through because they have to go back for Zoe, don't they? That's a lovely shot through the uh, through the grill, uh, which goes right through and can see the seed and then has the effect of the seed disappearing. That's a that's a shot of great skill. Um, but yeah, they are massive ventilation. I, I seem to recall the discontinuity guide. Didn't it say that these... These uh, t these ventilation tunnels could fit Jeff Capes, which I thought was a lovely phraseology for viewers not from uh, the same time and uh, place as I. Jeff Capes was uh, was a, a competitor and world's strongest man. He was a he was a sort of fellow that pulled trucks. That was a sort of entertainment we used to. Oh, I used to love the world's strongest man. Uh, uh, perfect entertainment. I don't know why they don't do that anymore. Uh, People who obviously eat a lot of sausages, pulling lorries and 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 grappling great big concrete spears, um, but uh, um, yeah, it, it, it and it, it it is a true observation. Um, now they they spend a lot of time, don't they, working out uh, why. Uh, 
why they've gone to where they go, isn't it? Do they all go to cold places because it's too cold for it to rain? Is that right? He died of oxygen starvation. So, and again, that's just a nice little bit of mystery to go, oh, there's obviously something uh, 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 up with these uh, things that kill in a way that things don't normally kill. Science of it doesn't really matter, does it? It's, uh, but, but also... Because I, I've, I've, yeah, I, I didn't. I've got a feeling that um, Eldred had said, didn't he? he? Said, turn on the air conditioning or whatever. And then they, then not long after, he goes, air that is now been sent out to London. And it was like, well, it was, that was your idea, mate. You know, <laughs> he, he sort of said, yeah, get, get, get rid of the smoke. And then at the end of the scene, it's quite an accusatory way in which he says, we've, yes, we've sent that smoke into the air of London. Yeah, yeah. Under your instructions, Professor Rocket Man. Um, there we go. Oh, poor old Fusham. He's looking increasingly wretched, isn't he? Uh, I was slightly worried approaching this episode because uh, six, six parters. What will I find to say? But um, this was the only existing Troughton six parter. Of course, we now have Enemy of the World, most of the Web of Fear. Um, Ah, and there's the Doctor unconscious on the floor, and it is not Patrick Troughton. It wasn't so apparent in the uh, sort of edited together version, although I've already alluded to the changes in quality, but it just seemed like the Doctor was unconscious for a bit. Um, not that he was having a whole week off. I love Slar's um, face makeup and, and, and costume. Uh, really good. Um, but... Uh, yeah, to is it Tommy Laird? I think it is, uh, or is it is it Chris Jeffries? It's 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 one of the uh, it's one of the non Patrick Troughton. Well, of course not Patrick Troughton, but uh, Chris Jeffries I know doubles for him in uh, the Dominators. I think it'd be worth finding these guys. I, I've never uh, uh, never managed to find either of them, uh, but it would. Uh, it would be fun to talk to somebody who played the doctor for a bit. Perhaps that's an idea for a document. That's an idea for a documentary. You heard it here first. Who are these, you know, who are these other doctors finding out about Brian Proudfoot and Edmund Warwick and right. I'm off to pitch that uh, after this. <laughs> uh, well, there have been stranger places for, for uh, uh, documentaries to be, to be pitched. But looking, looking for the doctor, uh, and and finding out, I would hope one of them might be still alive. Um, Brian Proudfoot, who doubled for Hartnell in uh, in the Reign of Terror, I've just and is Tigellinus, the amusing cupbearer in the Romans. I've discovered has uh, is dead, sadly. Um, uh, as are Edmund Warwick, uh, uh, who who doubled for Hartnell as well in, in Dalek Invasion of Earth. Um, and I'm assuming Albert Ward who did his hands. I don't know because he's called Albert, so I think he must be really old. But that's not that's not that's not very good research. Um, uh, but Chris Jeffries and Tommy Laird, who doubled for Trout, and I know nothing about. Um, Have I got my. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't. I'm, I was going. Shall I confirm who it is? Because um, if I don't. I'll I'll have to record something at the end of this so that I'm correct, um, and that involves another job. Uh, 
this is great because I love I love Terry Scully's performance here. Bless him, he's he's great. It's a real, yeah, it's that 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 kind of suppressed terror and and the tiredness, and uh, I I have to say it was a pretty nifty maneuver um, for Phipps and Jamie to open the back of the tea mat cupboard, uh, spirit the Doctor away, and shut the thing again, um, without realizing the Doctor isn't actually Patrick Troughton, uh, with the Ice Warriors and Fusion there. But uh, it just about works because you, you sort of don't see it. Um, and so, yeah, one of the ice warriors is is, is going to go to Earth. Yes. Uh, for some film work. Uh, we haven't had an awful lot of film work. We certainly haven't had much exterior stuff. Um, and it is good that these uh, tunnels can take Jeff Capes because they're now taking... Jamie and the Doctor and Phipps. Uh, and Jamie's dragging the Doctor. That's it. The Doctor's going to get very bruised being dragged through those uh, those tunnels, which have those rivets in that sticking out that look really painful if you caught your side on one of them. Um, are we going to are we going to go outside now to some of the? Oh no, it's just a long sequence of Pearl Christopher Cole uh, having to go through this very large tunnel system uh which has obviously been designed with the uh, alien invasion subterfuge in, in mind yeah ju look at those ju i mean we've got we've got a bit bit of uh, we've got a bit of ventilation going on in this house but i, I wouldn't want to get in there uh, and you'd hope for a few cobwebs and things as well oh he tries at my this is the bit that my brother i learned something i've i i here's an educational thing because uh, I love that eating control as well. <laughs> because it's giant uh, and it says hot oh, ankle. My brother told me a thing. If you can get your head and your sh one shoulder through, uh, you can actually get through. So despite Christopher Cole's valiant attempts there to show that he can't get through that, uh, that is not true. He would be able to get through that because he can get a head and one shoulder through. Uh, that is apparently a fact, because I suppose your shoulder is the width of 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 your arm. Uh, so there we go. So well done, Christopher Cole, for trying to sell that, but it was uh, it, it it was not scientifically accurate, uh, which is so unusual for Doctor Who. Um, I like I like the door that Radner keeps coming through because it gives that set some nice depth. Um, And is this where the, oh, is this where the ice warrior arrives? I've, yes, of course. He comes in. He, I love them. Smash through the door. Go on. Uh, but but then he does this thing where he just sort of looks looks at people threateningly a bit. Just sort of get yeah, go on, run up, run away. Uh, and I, I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Is he looking around? Um, uh, is is he going? Look at me. I, I mean, Rad, Radner and Radner and uh, Eldred have just stood there for the whole thing. Um, I, I, I I like the guns and the guards, and uh, and and I like the mirror, the mirror death, of course, which becomes their trademark. Uh, but fortunately, because they uh, they are far too expensive to kill, uh, <laughs> j j uh, Ronald Lee Hunt and Philip Ray uh, survive, even though they just stood there. Um, that's it, Radner. Yeah, a little bit, 
little bit too late there, Rad, and he sort of picked up the gun and followed a bit. It's a bit like sort of joining in, and they go, oh, 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 oh I, I would have had a go, but it was, it was too late. Yeah, the fat lot of good you were, Julian. Um, is there anyone else in the history of Doctor Who called Julian? I once had a girlfriend whose dad's name was Julian. He was very patronising towards me, and I bear the scars still. Uh, so no offence to any Julians out there, but uh, are there any? I think Radner might be the only Julian in the entire history of Doctor Who. Don't write in. I'm very tired. Uh, but yeah, I th not too tired to come up with a good idea for a for a documentary. Oh, he's getting a bit, and Miss Miss Kelly's dabbing him a bit. Uh, you can, yeah, he's got a slightly different that that wig is is actually looking at it. It's not massively Troutonesque, is it? Uh, I've not noticed that before. Uh, but it's doing the job. Uh, so Phipps is going to take Zoe, and now we go into location. I uh, see so now. Of course, the foam machine. Um, had been used in Fury from the Deep, so I I, I do with the and uh, there's foam in the Web of Fear as well. Is it's sort of like they went, we've got a foam machine, uh, and foam comes out of the Cybermen in Tomb of the Cybermen. Uh, it's a bit like it's a bit like the Master in season eight. It's like where when's the foam going to turn up? So I wonder because I love Fury from the Deep, uh, 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 and oh, that's a very AA England uh, film camera shot. The the creature silhouetted. Uh, against the sun uh, I do hope it's A.A. Englander who was the uh, he was the film cameraman on Quatermass and the Pit uh, the middle A stood for one of the A's stood for Adolf you know um, uh, Tubby Englander as he was known an excellent film cameraman uh, one of the greatest uh, and uh, also did Ambassador's Death and Claws of Axos so um so yeah, he was a he was a he was a favourite of Michael Ferguson, uh, and this location stuff. There was a there was a famous story, wasn't there, uh, of uh, of whichever Ice Warriors this is. I think is it Tony Harwood. Um, oh, that was a funny cut quickly to a to the silhouette after the guard died. That was a that was a very odd cut. Um, uh, uh, of of I think a, a, a sleeping. Uh, vagrant uh, who'd had a few the night before woke up to see the ice warrior and ran for the hills was it that or was it that a lady crashed her car when she saw the ice warrior is one of those it was one of those early somebody saw a monster on location and uh, 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 and the hilarious consequences um, uh, but that uh, yeah that anecdote came from that anecdote one of those two anecdotes I gave you uh came from uh, came from that filming session just gonna double check uh, uh, do 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 because I have my piece of paper here um, it's nice uh, we uh, it's poor old Phipps the uh, uh, it's nice that he has that moment uh, and uh, it's nice for Zoe you know that's a nice we, we uh, often uh, lazy people writing about the series talk about how useless the female companions were Zoe is really really capable and she's the alpha in that situation it's Phipps that's scared in the pipe and it's Zoe 
that is logical and and sort of talks him out of it. Uh, this is Derek Slater as the guard. He doesn't get credited on the BBC video, which I think is sad for him. Uh, he acted in a fair few things, but he also wrote the film The Ups and Downs of a Handyman, which is one of those films. Uh, in the 70s, there were um, uh, various... I always notice the way that his hat falls off and rolls down. Um, uh, so, yes, he only had a brief moment uh, in Doctor Who there, Derek Slater, but uh, and he only wrote one full-length film, The Ups and Downs of a Handyman, which is uh, one of those saucy, saucy 70s uh, sex comedies, uh, as as they were called, although um, they, they probably had more... Yeah, they were sort of soft, you know, soft, like confessions of a window cleaner. So the word comedy is very, very loose. Um, not, and not that I've studied them in great depth, I'll, uh, you understand, but uh, the, 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 they, they did used to get shown on Channel 5 and uh, are useful for all sorts of Doctor Who people pop up in some of these uh, things. Uh, um, Damaris Heyman's even, I've just written her obituary. She was in one of the Confessions movies. Um, not doing anything saucy. She plays a short-sighted lady on a golf course. Um, so so why I never quite understood this as a kid. They're not in warm areas because you don't get because you get rain in warm areas, whereas I'd always associated rain with the cold, but I'm assuming it's because if it's really, really cold, it's too cold to rain. But it did it did confuse younger non-scientific me. I'm, sh I'm sure it makes sense. It's just it's not... Uh, it, it, it didn't automatically lead me to think, oh, well, that's going to be the rain. Um, but maybe that's a good thing because, uh, because you don't want me to guess. You don't want, well, me or, or anybody to guess. Uh, at this stage in the story look at that that's an absolutely terrific shot uh and the ice warrior is a great imposing silhouette um and beautifully done there by as i say i think aa englander and uh and yes I, does that and 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 yeah but the, yes the foam because it had been used so extensively in fury from the deep would would viewers sort of go oh it's another foam monster although you know the the seeds aren't aren't the monster um now here we are uh the film cameraman is oh it's peter hall well there we go i was totally wrong uh i thought was AA Englander's trademark, and part of me was going, but I think it might be Tony Lego. Peter Hall. So totally wrong, Toby. So it's a good job I checked. Otherwise, I'd have had to have been doing a I think you'll find. Um, and let me... Was I right about Tommy Laird, though? Double for Doctor Who, Tommy Laird. So there we go. I think honours are even. Um, and do you know what? If I'd had to place a bet, I would have gone... Oh, I'm right about the film cameraman and I'm wrong about uh, the Doctor. I think it's because Michael Ferguson used A.A. Englander for for Ambassadors and for Claws of Axos and because there's that silhouette thing going on. I think A.A. Englander, it's not so much the silhouette is that you get the sun flaring the lens on his film camera work, uh, which is just a, maybe a step above from the silhouette here. Although, no, I, I say P Peter Hall's... Phil, I love that shot of the ice warrior and the trees, the silhouetted trees and the silhouetted warrior. Um, I'm liking the film camera work. It might end up 
being my favourite thing about this episode. Um, I, <laughs> um, it's certainly not going to be an, another slightly short-sighted Ice Warrior who... What's... Yes, you've noticed the Doctor. Well done. He was lying there in front of you. Did you go, well, it's clearly not Patrick Troughton, so I can leave him. <laughs> um, yeah, the short-sightedness of the Ice Warriors, I would say, is not this story's strong point. Ah, but Fushim is, and Fushim's going to do something brave now. Uh, um, and as I say, sadly, because because of this Doctor Who magazine article that, that, that had given away the cliffhangers, and because... Phipps gets uh, killed so close to the cliffhanger. I sort of knew that Phipps sadly wasn't wasn't long for this world. Although uh, he doesn't get the credit he deserves later on in episode five, um, which which I'm sure I will bang on about in great details. It's an, almost another Harvey situation where so he keeps going. Fusion saved by that. Phipps is about to save his. Arm. She doesn't acknowledge that at all. But really. Um, that is a funky costume she's got on, though, isn't it? And I think it's yellow, or or, so, or light, light and creamy. Anyway, it's great. It's a, yeah, it's a good costume. So he gets quite a few good costumes, uh, and and the one in the Dominators. Ah, uh, oh, he has to do quite a lot of acting in this, Christopher Cole, because he's either nervous or he's tense. Um, that is a fantastic heating control. Presumably, if the Ice Warriors were. Uh, susceptible to light you'd have a whacking great light light switch with dark really really bright um although they are uh, uh they do find light dangerous but only ultraviolet light but i'm just talking about um uh, other household things that we have yeah so phipps saves her uh gets killed uh but this makes for a, 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 a that that flashing wall, of course, makes for a more great silhouette work because she's she's very dark against the light, uh, and this ice warrior is going to take ages to decide to kill her. Uh, so that's the end of episode four, uh, which I hope you enjoyed. Uh, and I'm sorry I made the mistake about uh, Peter Hall, the cameraman. Uh, but I did come up with an idea for a documentary, uh, and this is copyright Toby Haydock uh, on... Uh, I'm recording this on the 1st of August, uh, 2021. Um, and now I will... Uh, oh, it's going to go to the menu anyway. So I will let it do its thing, and I will see what uh, Jay Butler Moore has decided is the best thing about this episode. I think... I'm going to go for the film camera work. I love that location work and especially that shot of the silhouetted ice warrior against the silhouetted trees. Uh, so what is Jay's favourite thing about episode four? So going on to the fourth favourite thing, episode four, you could talk about this character in the whole thing, really, for any episode, but it's Fusion. Such a great actor. He's fantastic. The way he does, like the fear, and then that bit at the end where he's like redeemed. He's kind of like, I suppose, a, a sci fi trope in his base under siege stories will be like the cowardly character, like, it's game over, man, it's game over. You know, like Hudson in Aliens. Um, but he's such a good actor. Me and my friend Chris, when we used to watch this, we always studied his every move. We absolutely loved 
Busham, he's such a great character. Brilliant. When he goes like, I want to live. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Now, I can't remember because there's been a break since I did this. Uh, what I chose for the previous episodes. Uh, because I think Terry Scully as Fusham is probably the best thing about the story as a whole. But I can't remember if I chose him earlier or not. Uh, I chose The Chase in episode three. Because uh, if I did choose him earlier, I, I get I get points for that. Um, but I can't remember. Oh, I chose the Phipps subplot in episode two. And what did I choose for episode one? I might have chosen Michael Ferguson, mightn't I? So I might have been holding on for Fusham and in holding on, then forgetting. Ah, oh, I'm a fool. It's tactics. This game requires tactics. Um, so in holding on, I've actually not been able to show my... I've just actually done that in fantasy cricket. Let's not get into that. Oh, my life is a series of missed opportunities. Um, because, yeah, well, I thoroughly endorsed the choice of Fusham. I think Terry Scully's performance of nervousness and uh, you know a little final bit of rabbit courage uh is and, and it's a it's a hard part and that sort of um uh you know extreme nervousness uh is i i i think very hard to pull off um and those sort of histrionics are, are very hard to do and uh, and especially in on television i think and especially on multi-camera television where your performance has to suit a close-up and a wide shot and sometimes cutting between the two it's it's not as easy as it looks when it's done well uh so i thoroughly concur even though i don't think i chose terry scully and i should have done earlier in order not to be trumped by jay there on episode four but i'm not complaining because i am very happy to credit the late great um rather sad i think as i say he had a had a nervous breakdown when he was working on survivors which led him to not continue playing vic thatcher um oh bless him terry scully fine actor um uh who played fusion so uh well i don't think i'm gonna Oh, I've still got a chance to tie if I get the same thing about episode five and episode six and the bonus thing. Um, so I'm, I'm going to keep going because I want to live, um, uh, which I will do uh, for the next two episodes at least, I hope. Um, but first of all, I'm just going to go and pitch a documentary. Um, I'll speak to you next time. Thanks for being here and uh, take care. Thanks very much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydoke. My special guest is Jay Butler-Moore. Thanks to patrons who include Jason Thompson, Thomas Banks, Leslie Coots, Pip Maidley, Mark Findlay-Smith, Luke Atkins, Peter Adamson, Will Brooks, Peter Burns, Rick Byatt, Alex Kaffajoglu, Paul Carnahan, Andy Case, Richard Chalk, Mark Aldridge, Kit Allen, Sebastian April, Tilt Oriser, Simon Ash, Richard Alt, Martin Bellum, James Blackett, Robin Bland, Kyle Bores, 
David Brodie, Nigel Bromley, Hugh Buchtman, Anthony Carroll, Anthony Carroll, Phil Chapman and Susan Christian. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. Now, listen up if you'd like to join that illustrious list. There are more names on it, too. And grateful thanks to those I haven't mentioned this week. They will get their name in the lights uh, elsewhere. They're not lights, are they? Because you can see lights. This is an audio medium. Light is the one thing we don't have. Um, But tedium we seem to be getting in abundance. Hurry up, Toby. Okay, go to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke, where you can support these podcasts uh, for as little as £3 per month. There are higher tiers, but it's a largely egalitarian system where there's most things available at the lowest tier. As I say, that's £3 a month, but uh, you can also get a 10% discount on even that if you do a year in advance. Uh, it may be that the monthly model doesn't suit you. That's fine. There's Kofi, kofi.com forward slash Toby Haydock, where you can do a one-off donation at any time. Any sort of support for these podcasts is hugely appreciated, and I certainly couldn't have done them without all the support I've had so far, for which I'm very, very, very grateful. And you know what? I understand that times are tough, and it may be that you cannot do that. That's fine. I'm grateful to you for listening, but I'll tell you what costs you nothing, going to iTunes or Apple or any of your podcast providers, but iTunes especially, because that's where the demographics seem to be the most important. And if you give this podcast five stars and perhaps even a few positive lines of review, that really helps to tickle my algorithms. And my algorithms, they always need a tickling. Thank you. If you could do that, I'd be most grateful. And Tuesday night is comedy night in Manchester at XS Malarkey Comedy Club, which I host and have done for the past 24 years. There's always three or four excellent stand-up comedians from the comedy circuit, and we also do it monthly online the first Sunday of every month on twitch.tv forward slash XS Malarkey. That's absolutely free at 8pm for comics from around the world. Uh, Again, glued together by me and uh, that's absolutely free although donations are accepted and encouraged but uh, in no way enforced so look if you fancy any of those things uh, you know you have a good time it's good stuff and uh, people seem to like them and uh, uh, well they're there for your pleasure Uh, i'm also on twitter at toby haydock and these podcasts have their own feed at haydock podcasts okay that's the end of all the plugging go and do something better (laughs) 